1 Peter 1 and 13, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, hope to the end. Not hope for just a day or two, a month or two, a year or two, but to the end. For the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation, everybody say revelation. At the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you, everybody say called you, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation or conduct. And then turning back to the book of Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16, this is when the Lord had asked the disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And Some said Jeremiah, some Elijah, one of the prophets. And then he said, but who do you say that I am? And this is where we are in verse 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I remember distinctly the night that I felt my call into the ministry, and it was a weekend, kind of like the weekend that we've got coming up, the pastor had preached and put an emphasis on soul winning, and I was kneeling at the very center from the church there when the Lord called me to preach. And, and uh, I remember wanting to talk to somebody about it. In particular, I wanted to talk to my pastor about it. How do I do this? How do I prepare for this? I wasn't raised in a preacher's home, but I'm feeling a call from God. And I share that little tidbit of information with you because I can't help but wonder how Peter felt when the Lord singled him out upon his confession of faith and said, I'm going to give to you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Aren't you thankful he doesn't give politicians that kind of authority? Hallelujah. We'd be sure enough in a mess, wouldn't we? Bad enough the way it is. But to this man that professed faith in him, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, I am giving to you the keys to the kingdom of God. The help of the Lord, I want to preach to you this evening on the subject, the road to ministry. The road to ministry. We have stated a number of times from this pulpit that we were all called in the ministry. How many have heard that from this pulpit before? We're all called in the ministry. If you're serving the Lord, you're called into ministry. 
It begins with a revelation of Jesus Christ when you see him in all of his glory, all of his power, all of his holiness. And there's an experience that accompanies this revelation. Uh, we've made reference to this a number of times over the years to Isaiah's experience in Isaiah chapter 6 where he saw the Lord high and lifted up and fell down before the Lord when he saw the Lord in all of his holiness. When he had that revelation of God's glory, God's power, God's holiness, it made him fall on his face before God, repenting before the Lord. It's what preceded a special call from God. Because after he has that experience where the seraphims take the tongue from off the altar and get a coal from off the altar and touch it to his tongue, purging his sin, then we hear this call from the Lord, whom shall I send and who will go? And I think Brother Red may have made reference to this Sunday morning when he was preaching. And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to walk in ministry. A big part of that revelation is a revelation of God's holiness. And uh, Peter even makes reference to it here, he said in our text tonight, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conduct. A revelation of holiness should precede the call of God upon our life. So tonight, I want to take a close look at the life of the Apostle Peter, and I want to share 12 lessons in the life of the Apostle Peter concerning the road to ministry. Lesson number one, the call itself. Upon receiving this revelation that the Lord said, you didn't get it by studying in Bible college. You didn't get it by talking to your mom and dad. It came from the Lord himself. My Father which is in heaven gave you that revelation. If we do not feel a call from God, I'm just going to step out of the limb and I want to say this tonight. There's something wrong in our relationship with him. I am convinced, firmly convinced, that every single person that has a relationship with God has a call of God upon their life. And I know how we are. We really like to single out preachers, and I don't have a problem with that. But we need to remember that not only do preachers have a call, every saint of God has a call upon their life. That's why you, it's been my experience over the years, a number of people, I should say, I don't say everybody, but a number of people when they first come to the Lord feel this burning inside of them and, and are wondering, am I called to be a preacher? I wonder if I could get a show of hands here, maybe a few of you, that when you first Received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you wondered, do I, am I called in, to be a preacher? Is there anybody here that felt that? My own father did that, and he was pursuing after that and wanting the will of God and 
feeling like, you know, I must be called to be a preacher. But when he really sought out God and heard clearly from God what the will of the Lord was for his life, he was called to be a teacher, not a preacher. The initial call from God for every saint of God is to go tell someone. Tell someone what God has done for you. That's the initial call of God upon every person that comes to know the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost and the truth of his word. Go tell someone. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, go tell someone. Lesson number two is a lesson in humility. Immediately after giving the Apostle Peter the keys to the kingdom, the Lord begins to share with the disciples the road that lies ahead for him. And he lets them know it's going to be a road of pain, a road of suffering, And Peter begins to rebuke the Lord, and he says, Be it far from you, Lord, this is not going to happen to you. And I'm telling you, this is just two or three verses after he said, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom, that the Lord turns to Peter and says, Get thee behind me, Satan. You're talking about getting your balloon popped. Now, just imagine you're one of the 12 apostles that have been called. And on that particular day, the Lord singles you out out of all of them and says, I'm giving to you the keys to the kingdom of God. Now, I know you sit here real smug and everything and you act like you don't have an ego. But the truth of the matter is, every one of us have an ego. And it would be hard. Not to just feel just a a little bit of pride when out of 12, God calls you and says, I'm giving to you the keys to the kingdom. And he even goes a little further and says, whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. It would be hard not to feel. How many of you think it would be hard not to feel just a little bit of pride? Are you with me? Let's be real tonight. And so the Lord knows if you're going to be involved in ministry, you better learn this lesson because God hates pride. I I didn't say God doesn't like pride. I said God hates pride. Pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. And so two or three verses after he says, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom, the Lord turns back around and says, get thee behind me, Satan. A lesson in humility. Lesson number three, you immediately go to the next chapter and, I mean, you're on this roller coaster ride. You're on the road to ministry. And so you've got a call. Uh, you've got a good dose of humility. And so you know what the Lord does? He says, follow me. And he takes him up on top of the mountain 
along with James and John, and there the Lord is transfigured before them. It's just an absolutely eye-popping, amazing experience. Peter would write about it later in one of his epistles and say, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. It was a special day in the Lord. A lesson learned in humility will usually lead to a mountaintop experience And these mountaintop experiences help refuel the calling of God upon our life. There's just nothing like a glorious moment in God to fire your soul up and say, I am ready to get back to work for the Lord. Can you say amen to that? Lesson number four, I call it the forgiveness lesson. Jesus said, just given a lesson to his disciples on how to preserve unity and the power of unity. And he was talking about if you have odd against a brother, go to that brother because unity is so important. And right after the Lord shares this, the apostle Peter comes up with this and just blurts this out. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Now, I don't know if there had been a little something going on. Uh, I've been... A human being long enough to know that whether it's your family, natural family, or your spiritual family, or your uh, working family at work, from time to time we have disagreements, don't we? Come on, can you folks be real for a change? Come on now. Do we not? How many of you married folks ever have a disagreement with your spouse? Some of you have a hard time making it through a day without having some kind of disagreement. Come on now, be real. And the Lord knows how humanity is. And so I I don't know if there was already just, you know, you can tell by some of the things that the apostles asked that there were some thoughts in their mind about how they compared to the others and where they were going to be when they get to heaven and their position in heaven. So there is a little jockeying for position going on among them. And, you know, the Lord had thrown that out and said, you know, if you have ought against your brother, you know, you feel like he's done you wrong, go to him, get it straightened out. And, and the apostle Peter's like, okay, you know, I mean, how many times should I do that, Lord? Seven times? And, You know by him asking that in his mind, seven was a big number. Seven times, Lord? And the Lord says, 70 times seven. That's pretty tough, isn't it? But I'm just telling you, God knows how important unity is in the kingdom. We cannot afford to allow differences to come among us and keep, keeping us from working in harmony one with another and accomplishing the will of God in reaching the lost. A lesson to be learned in forgiveness. Lesson number five. 
What's in it for me? Is it wrong to ask that? Is it wrong if you feel like you're going to answer the call of God upon your life for ministry for you to say, God, what's in it for me? I, I mean, is that, is that too carnal to ask God what's in it for me? Well, the Apostle Peter asked that question unto the Lord, and I like the way the Lord handled it. Matthew chapter 19, verse 27, then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? What's in it for us? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that you which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you shall also sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone, this is not just the apostles, but everyone that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So I just want to remind you in this lesson number five, never forget when you're involved in the work of the Lord, you will be greatly rewarded. God himself will reward you, and nobody, nobody, can reward like God. Can you say amen? Lesson number six, I call it the sensitivity lesson. This lesson takes place in Gethsemane when the Lord asked Peter, James, and John to go a little further in the garden and ask them if they would to intercede in prayer for him. He knows what's up ahead. The spirit's willing, the flesh is weak, the flesh does not want to suffer does not want to bleed, it does not want to die, and he says, I want you to pray for me. Even after talking to them about his upcoming sufferings, they were unable to really capture the feeling of the moment and were unable to be sensitive to the needs of the Lord. It was something that the Apostle Peter would later regret and I want to say this tonight, ministry calls for us to do our best to be sensitive to the needs of others. A great part of ministry is being sensitive to the needs of others. Later on, while languishing in prison, awaiting his turn for his head to be cut off like James was, he was very thankful that there was a church that was sensitive to his needs and without ceasing made intercession before God until God finally sent an angel and delivered him out of prison. If you're going to be involved in ministry, you've got to learn to be sensitive to the needs of people. Can you say amen? Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Rebecca, the tall brother that Stephen introduced me to that came and ministered our church, uh, was involved in counseling and what have you. Brother Kurtz, 
said something to the effect of how important it is for us to minister at the point of need in people's life. If we can learn to minister to their needs, they will open their heart up to what we have concerning the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Another way of putting it is like this. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. Be sensitive. Lesson number seven. A double dose of humility. Humility lesson part two. The Apostle Peter, just a short while later, he finds himself outside in the cold, cursing himself for failing the test as he denied the Lord three times. I want to say this again. If you're going to walk in ministry, you better learn to swallow pride and never walk in pride. Walk humbly before the Lord. If you win a thousand people to God this year, walk humbly before God. If you are used of the Lord to lay hands on somebody and cancer leaves their body, walk humbly before God. Never allow pride to walk into your ministry because it will destroy you. Pride goeth before destruction. We want a ministry that goes on successfully with the help of the Lord. Can you say amen? Lesson number eight. I really like this lesson. He still knows your name. The Apostle Peter's in this up and down mode. He's had some mountaintop experiences, saw the Lord transfigured before his very eyes. He's fallen, made mistakes, been called the devil. But now he has really made a terrible mistake. He has denied the Lord three times. And following that denial of the Lord, he saw his Savior nailed to an old rugged cross. You've got to feel like the biggest scumbag in the world. I was given the keys to the kingdom of God. He let me know that he was trusting me to bind things and loose things here on earth and that he would honor it in heaven. But now I have failed miserably. After the resurrection of the Lord, this is a scene that follows. It's very special. Mark chapter 16 Verse 6, this is the Lord speaking. And he said unto them, be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples. And who? Peter, that he goeth before you into Galilee, there shall you see him as he said unto you. No doubt in my mind, the Lord knows what's going on in the mind of the apostle Peter. He feels like the biggest scumbag. I'm a wreck, I'm a ruin, I'm a failure. I've let him down. I'll never be involved in ministry. I'll never be able to do anything for God. I'll never be a part of his kingdom. 
And when the Lord resurrects, he says to those that have visited the tomb, go tell his disciples and Peter. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he still knows your name. He knows your name. I'm telling you, that's special. Lesson number nine, the source of your power. Your ministry will never succeed because of your intellectual abilities. You may be able to succeed in business in the world through intellectual abilities and hard work. But I'm just going to tell you, if you're going to succeed in ministry with the Lord, it's going to take more than intellectual abilities. It's going to take more than hard work. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. The power of the Holy Ghost is what's going to propel you in ministry. That's why it's so important for us to humble ourselves before the Lord, where the Spirit of God can move through us and minister through us because it's only through that source of power that we can truly have an apostolic ministry. We can't do it on our own. We need Him. Your empowerment will always come from God, and it will always be for the purpose of ministry and not your ego. I want to say that again. The power of the Holy Ghost that comes upon you in that moment that allows you to lay hands on a sick person and then be healed or lay hands on somebody and hear them speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance. That power that God has invested in you is only for ministry and it's not for your ego. If your ego tries to crop up, you better cut it off in the name of the Lord and repent before God and say, forgive me, God. I want to walk humbly before you. Lesson number 10, I have the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2 records the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the 120. The apostle Peter was one of them that, re that received it. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, even when you don't see Him, and even when you don't feel Him, He is working in you and through you. I want to say that again. We're all about feeling. We're all about emotion. And I like it when I feel it. I like the feeling of emotion that swells up inside of me when I feel the power and presence of God. But when God has filled me with the Holy Ghost, even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, He's still there and He's still working. We need to get that in our spirit. I have the Holy Ghost. God is working through me. I may not be feeling everything that I want to feel right now. Sometimes it is a walk by faith, not a walk by sight, not a walk by feel, but it's a walk by faith, and God is with me. I have received the Holy Ghost. 
And then lesson number 11, my ministry finally begins. It's been a long winding road. There's been a lot of ups and a lot of downs. I've been on the mountaintop of revelation. I've been in the valley of failure. But he knows my name. And ready or not, here I come. Acts chapter 2 and verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. And for the first time, he steps out in apostolic ministry to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was a lot of people that wrote him off. The devil thought he was a trophy on his wall when he denied the Lord three times. But here he is. The Lord still knows his name. He's filled with the Holy Ghost. The anointing of God is upon his life. And he's standing up with the blessing of the other 11 apostles. And he's preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's beginning in ministry. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you're getting ready to step out in ministry. I close with this last lesson, lesson number 12. And I call this lesson, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I'm in ministry, but I'm still learning. When you step out into ministry, you better always be open to learn from God. Year one, learn to learn from God. Year two, you better keep learning from God. Every year thereafter, you better still be hearing from Him and learning from Him. The reason I share this last lesson, it's taken from... Acts 10, when Cornelius and his family are invited by the Lord to be a part of his kingdom, and you need a preacher to preach to you and tell you the truth, and so I want you to go get a hold of Peter, and he's at Simon the Tanner's house, and he's going to tell you how to be saved. And here is this magnificent man of God, given the keys to the kingdom, Used on the day of Pentecost, the first apostolic preacher recorded in the word of the Lord. And he's thinking in his mind, Gentiles are not going to be a part of the kingdom of God. They're not going to be baptized in Jesus' name. They're not going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And he's getting ready to eat lunch, and all of a sudden he finds himself in a vision. And God begins opening up his understanding and preaching a message to him that day, there's still more for you to learn, oh boy. You had not learned it all. There's still some more things for you to do. And one of those is to preach to the Gentiles because I have opened the door to the Gentiles. When that veil was ripped in two from top to bottom, when the Lord died on Calvary, that meant that every human being, regardless of race, regardless of any social background, every human being, has the opportunity through the shed blood of Jesus Christ to walk into the Shekinah glory of God and experience the power of the Holy Ghost. you got to keep on learning. I have been blessed of the Lord to pastor this church 
for over 38 years. And I tell you what, I am feeling so strong in my spirit. God is getting ready to show me things I've never seen before. God is getting ready to teach me things I never knew could happen in the kingdom of God. You better get ready. God is getting ready to show out this year. It's going to be a great year in the Lord. We are all working together in ministry. It's not about just the preacher behind the pulpit, but it's about a group of people united together to do a great work for the Lord, reaching a world that's lost and on their way to hell. Would you stand together with